0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to make one small announcement before we get going. This podcast was recorded while Leah was on her bike. Our schedules weren't really meshing this week, and so we did what we could. We thought, eh, we'll give it a shot. How bad could it be? And then we never did it again because it was terrible. This was a very hilly part of Ontario, and so it sounds like when she's going uphill that she's a little winded, and then when she's going downhill, it sounds like she's in some sort of NASA training wind tunnel so really, it's, it's sort of a novelty. I think it may be the very first podcast in history to ever be recorded on a bike. So that's fun. So give it a listen. Hope you enjoy it. It's a good podcast besides that. And if you listen to the very end, uh, there's a couple of outtakes of what it sounds like when you're going downhill at about 35 miles per hour. Thanks for listening.
1: British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, PI, Nova Scotia, then we end in Newfoundland. But first, I'm halfway!
0: Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Leah Cycling Solo Podcast.
1: Episode nine!
0: Congratulations, episode nine.
1: Oh, man, number nine, you look pretty. <laughs>
0: And you're half—you're half freaking way.
1: I'm actually more than halfway now.
0: Oh, uh... that was fun. Whoa. So, before you tell us about how you're more than freaking halfway, tell us uh, why do you sound like you're um, on the highway?
1: I'm not on a highway, but I am riding. <laughs> um, I'm riding a. Uh... As we speak right now, because I don't really seem to have much time these days. I'm always busy doing something when I stop my rides, and when I wake up in the morning. So we just figured this was the best time to do it on the uh, back country roads of Ontario.
0: And for the record, you're being very safe, correct?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. There's very, very, very little traffic.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So you're more and I'm wearing oh.
1: and I'm wearing earbuds too, so that certainly helps.
0: Great. So you're more than halfway. But you're still in Ontario.
1: I am so still in Ontario. Yeah, I have a week more of Ontario. So.
0: You've been in, you've been in Ontario. It feels like for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, easily.
0: Yeah. In the uh, last time we talked to you, you were with your parents.
1: Yep, I was. They left uh, several days ago. Um, so I'm back on my own and uh we had a great time it was good it was good we had i'm glad they came i'm glad they got a chance to see what this was like it was fun spending time with them um i think it was like the perfect amount of riding for them and i was like i was happy to ride with them and i was happy to be back on my own again that's good yeah yeah it was fun
0: so uh, tell us about the last couple of days. I know I know. there's been some exciting stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, it was nice riding by myself, but it was kind of funny getting back into camping again, considering I'd been in motels for the last week prior because of my parents. So um, uh, it was just kind of fun, like, looking for new places to camp. And day two of being back to riding alone. I popped into a rest area on the side of the road and happened to come across four riders that I've met before a couple of times uh, along the road when I was with my parents. And it was just really cool to see them again. And we started chatting and they were just packing up for the morning. And they said, hey, you want to ride with us? I said, of course. So we ended up riding the next two days together. So the first day, we started riding together. We were still on the Trans Canada, and the Trans the Trans Canada around here is just terrible riding conditions, um, really quite dangerous. And so they had decided to try to jump off the Trans Canada in the same way that I had planned. Um, so that worked out nicely. So first we took a backcountry road called. Lee Valley, outside of Massey, Ontario. And it was beautiful. And there were, I believe they were Amish. I've been passing a lot of Amish and Mennonite over the last several days. Lots of horses and buggies and stuff. It was just like farmland and it was really quite beautiful and, and picturesque. And then we ended the night in Espanola. So uh, when we got there, it was getting dark, and the mosquitoes were out, and we just wanted to set up our tents. And we were near sort of a an off-road vehicle track. We took our bikes down the track, found you know some clear area, and just set up our tents, trying not to be bitten by too many mosquitoes. Fail. Um, and. Uh, And then we like converged into one camp, uh, one tent, and uh, played cards for a while. Had a great time. Played music. Had a great time. Okay, fine. Time to go to sleep. So we all went to our respective tents, and uh, it got quiet. And then we heard the sound, and it was sort of an it's. It almost sounded like a weird way of somebody blowing their nose. Um, it was some sort of a nasally sound. And, and we're all very quiet. And I think one of us said like, uh, who was that? (laughs) So the other people are like, not me, not me, not me, not me. Huh. What the hell was that sound? I don't know, guys. You guys heard that, right? Yep. Huh. Okay, and then we hear it again, and so can you like not can, you, knowing, can
0: you do an impression of the sound?
1: I honestly can't. It, it was a nasally sound. Uh, the The closest thing that I can compare it to is you know when our dogs have either something stuck in their nose, or it's like a like they're they've got like a reverse sneeze going on in their nose, and they yeah. make a really weird. It was kind of like that. Okay but bigger. So, uh, I thought maybe it was a moose.
0: Hmm.
1: When it did it again, everyone started yelling. Right. Uh, to just scare it off.
0: Right. Cause it could have been, so a, heard, I mean, it could have been a bear, right?
1: It could, it could have been. Right. So it, we heard like the, ah, and then somebody else, oh, and somebody else, ah, somebody else, ah somebody else, oh, so all these people, and like, you know, we were all yelling and, so one of the, the girls was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was just, you know, like, it's just, you know, attitude, right? Like, right. whatever you are, just get out. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so then it was silent. Um, and I was like, hey, like, everybody has bear spray. And everyone's like, yep, yup, yup, OK. And then we heard it again. Mm. So immediately, like, and, and at this point, I was recording with my GoPro. So I do have it on camera. Hmm. Uh, it's, like, super dark, but you can hear all the audio. So that's going to be cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, and so just more yelling and whatever. And eventually, like, I, it must have left. We didn't hear it moving around. Um, we just heard that weird sound, whatever it was. So next morning, we wake up come out of our tents, start getting ready, look around, huh, we're in a blueberry patch, you guys. Oh. <laughs> so we think that it's entirely possible that we were in a bear's training grounds. <laughs> Didn't sound like a bear, but we don't know what the heck it was.
0: Um, and so you, when you were with this group of uh, riders. Yeah. You guys were wild camping, correct?
1: Yeah, so that was the first night. Uh, Wild camping is basically just like putting up your tent anywhere you can, Uh, and it's not a campsite. Um, Sometimes people wild camp, and they are trespassing, and their whole goal is just to, like, come in at night, And leave like first thing in the morning before anybody gets up. That's also
0: called stealth camping, correct? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wild camping is the same thing, but. You're not trespassing. Well, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that for certain. We didn't want to trespass. Okay. I also don't like the idea of trespassing not because you're on somebody's property because as far as I'm concerned no matter where you are you leave it exactly the way it was when you first got there and they're none the wiser but when you're trespassing you're paranoid right and I don't like I don't like having to wake up super early and rush out of there um because I'm afraid of getting caught that's not fun for me
0: right it's too stressful
1: yeah so that, so that's what we did the first night. And then um, the second day, uh, because we were up so late playing cards and such, we got a really late start out of Espanola. And um, it was a beautiful day. Well, no, i take that back. Lots of headwinds. Um, but we basically got to Manitoulin Island It was late in the day, and uh, we wanted to ride all the way to the end of Manitoulin Island, to South Baymouth, and catch the ferry first thing in the morning. But um, because of lack of time and daylight, we had decided, okay, maybe we should stop sooner. And when we got to that town, which starts with an M, and I can't remember it, we kind of just thought about it. I, for one wanted to be on that ferry first thing in the morning and I was not prepared to ride 20 miles in the morning to race and and catch an early ferry. So I asked if they were interested in continuing into later (laughs) times, um, not necessarily into the dark, but just as it got dark, if they'd be up for it and then camp that much closer to south bay mouth Mm -hmm. and they said yes everybody was up for it so uh we all put on reflective vests i always ride with mine anyway but they had them too so they put theirs on we all had lights we turned on our lights and we started riding and as it got dark we all made sure to ride together Actually, yeah, early on we decided, you know what? Screw it, let's just ride to South Baymouth, hmm. no matter how long it takes. So we stayed together, group of five, all with lights, all with reflective wear, on a quiet road. In any case, I promised to never ride at night. However, this was, this felt like, you know, if there was ever a time to do it, this would be an okay time to do it. Right. The roads were in good condition traffic was super light you could see them coming very far away there were a lot of us with lights and we were very visible so that worked uh so we just sort of powered through for like 20 miles and the only thing that would have made it better as far as I'm concerned if it wasn't overcast and we could see the the stars that would have been amazing Hmm. but sadly that was not the case uh, so we were riding at night, uh, in the beginning I was riding in front, by the end of it I was riding at the end, but in the beginning I was riding in front and we heard this big rustle to the right of us in the bushes and a, a deer jumped out in front of me. Oh God. As I was like tearing down the road. Mm. If I had been a car, that deer would have been dead yeah. and my car would have been t- Total. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't even like have time to hit the brakes. It ran in front of me. I, you know, I wasn't close enough to hit it. I think it was like she. She was fifteen feet or so in front of me, and ran like just booted it across the road, and it was so cool. Like you could hear the clickety clack of her puffs on the on the pavement. Uh, it was also cool because. The rider behind me had her uh, her head uh, light on. Nice. So it was just like this eerie sort of that must have been spotlight. So trippy. It was super trippy.
0: Did everyone go like, whoa?
1: Oh, all of us just totally freaked out. That's awesome. It was really cool. It was really <laughs> cool. And then not far after that, there was another rustle in the bushes, and I didn't see what it was, but it's everyone behind me was like, oh my god. It's like what? 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 It was a porcupine, oh and it had all the quills out. It was like ready to go, oh, and it like ran into the bushes. So, <laughs> it was just really, really cool. Um, and then <clears throat> we got to town finally, just after 11. Um, it was pretty awesome. We were looking for a place to stay uh, to camp, and we asked some kids on their bikes. Is there a park anywhere? And they said, "Yeah, just follow, you know, the docks or whatever." So we went around and found this whole this this wooden bridge that went over uh, something like a river. Mm. And um, Sony walked across it and came back and was like, "Oh, this is perfect." It was basically like this walking path that ended up at a lighthouse. Mm and had a gazebo and benches. And I was like, dibs on the gazebo! (laughs) And they let me have the gazebo! So I I set up my tent under the gazebo and I didn't need my rain fly because I was in the gazebo.
0: (laughs) Because gazebo.
1: (laughs) Because gazebo. And so I slept basically like my the, the top of my tent is all mesh, so it felt like, not like I was totally sleeping outside, but there's nothing like falling asleep to the sound of the waves. Wow, so nice. that was really, really special.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and actually you, yeah. you took a picture of I your did. gazebo yeah. spot. So people that follow you on Leah Cycling Solo on Instagram can see your yeah. gazebo spot. That's right. Cool. That's right. Yep. All right, so you were with those, those guys for a couple of days. Um, yep,
1: next morning we jumped on the ferry and then said goodbye when we got to, uh, to the to Bruce Peninsula. It was pouring rain. I rode in the rain for a couple of hours, and it cleared up. And that's when I arrived at Camp Celtic, which was my, uh, my summer camp when I was a kid. Every summer for two weeks, I would go to Celtic for several years. Not my entire childhood, but for like three or four years. And um, back then, Celtic was a really just wonderful place and a really magical time of my childhood. and, And I have a lot of fond memories of it. And so I really wanted to visit and say hello and just kind of, you know, just check it out. So... I had written to them maybe a week or two ago. I said, absolutely, come visit. And I got there, and I saw Haney as one of the directors, and she and I, like, caught up for a while. It was so good to see her.
0: Did she remember you? And
1: She did. Wow. I almost didn't believe them when they said that they remembered me, but they said they do. I think, well, first of all, she said that she tends to remember uh, a lot of campers from back then, because there were fewer. Their the, their numbers have grown. Oh, I see. Um, and plus, I was a returning camper, but also my brother went there for a long time, and he actually was a counselor in training with them. So oh, cool. So, so if anything, they'd remember me as Jake's sister. But your sister but,
0: also went as a camper, right? Yeah. Okay, so all three yeah, all, I mean, all three of you kids were campers there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So they did remember me. and um, That's nice. Yeah, and Haney was saying, like, oh, you know, we're taking the whole camp to this, um, like, concert in the park in town tonight. They're going to perform. You should really stay the night. You should come and stay the night. I was like, you know, okay, let's do it. And so I just made today's ride. Longer to make up for yesterday. Got it. Um, So, anyway, long story short, (laughs) send your kids to camp. (laughs) Because it is such a really important thing to do for your child. It's allowing, here's the thing. When I was at Celtic, I loved it. But as an adult, I can't remember why I loved it. I just know that I loved it. And it was only because I went back and I watched the kids and, and, and the counselors and, and I, just the interaction there is so special. Haney and I were talking about this. She said, you know, when you're a kid growing up and you're like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, you don't know what to do with yourself. You don't know if you can be a kid still or if you have to be a young adult and going to summer camp, it just allows you to just be a kid. And you know, there was a point where um, we, you know, we were sitting at dinner, and you know, the place is just mayhem. Kids are yelling and laughing and banging on tables and jumping on the chairs and. And so are the counselors. <laughs> like everyone's just kind of going crazy. But then when it was, when one of the staff or one of the counselors had something to say and they would raise their hand to, for everyone to be quiet, everyone was quiet in like five seconds, the entire camp. So it was an organized chaos. Everyone was very respectful. I didn't see anyone being picked on. It was just a really safe place. Yeah, it was just such a really wonderful experience. And it was cool, you know, to get a tour. Of, of the whole property again. And I got to see my cabin and it was just so cool. It was so cool. And the kids were great at the park, at, at, you know, singing at the park. When, uh, when all the campers went back to camp, Haney took me into town and showed me, well, first she showed me their sailboat, their family sailboat, which was really cool. We went inside and that was neat. She had told me about a, a hostel um, this is the first hostel in Lionshead and the only hostel on the entire Bruce Peninsula, which is crazy hmm. because it is such a beautiful place and it really needs more visitors. And so this young woman, Megan, has opened up a fabulous hostel. I checked it out. It was really super cute. Um, I highly encourage people to visit there. It's called uh, the Fitz Hostel in Lionshead, Ontario. So we went there, checked out the hostel, and then we went next door to the local pub. Mm. had some drinks and some food and just chilled Mm -hmm. so it was just a really fun time to go back to Celtic I really just can't stress enough how important it is uh, to let your kid get away from the parents and from home and what you know some campers um, I wasn't one of these people but some campers have said but they like keeping their Celtic life separate from their, the rest of their life because it was just like a special place just for them mm. and their friends wouldn't get it so they have their camp friends and then they have their school friends and the two don't mix it's just you know to the first time I ever went to camp I remember my parents dropped me off at the bus and I cried because I didn't want to leave them mm. and then two weeks later they came to pick me up and I cried because I didn't want to go home and every year I would just cry going home. I didn't want to leave. I never wanted to leave. It was just such a great place. And it's really like, this is a time, you know, there are no cell phones allowed. So it focuses, it, it takes kids focus off the screen and onto, you know, what's important. You know, you're away from your parents, so you gotta fix things on your own. And if you need help, you learn to ask for it from a counselor. You lean on your friends. It's a really, it's just such a great place. So, that was last night.
0: So, um, we're, we're going to wrap things up in a little bit. Okay. But, you know, uh, we, have this, uh, we have this email now that people can use to email us questions.
1: Ooh, that's fun.
0: leahcyclingsolopodcast at gmail.com. Okay, cool. So, we got an email. We did? We did. Whoa, cool. With a bunch from of questions. Well, from someone by the name of Jill... Hi, Joe. <laughs> and she has actually um, several questions, and she and her kids and, oh,
1: cool.
0: and her wonderful boyfriend Louie want to know the answers to.
1: Oh, so do you, that's nice. Do you
0: mind? Can I ask you some of their questions? <sighs> All right. What are... Jill's questions. Well, let me just read you quickly. Uh, this is this is from Jill, who claims mm-hmm. to be our number one fan. She says, you're a number one fan here with a few questions from the family. Uh, we miss you and love you. Love, number one fan, Jill. Um, <laughs> thanks,
1: thanks number one fan, Jill. All
0: right, so Louie and the kids want to know, mm-hmm. how do you wash your clothes? That's a very
1: good question.
0: And do you ever wash um, them in a lake? Well, no. Okay.
1: I don't wash them in a lake because I don't use soap products in open water.
0: so or, responsible.
1: Well, it's just not necessary. I don't need to. Yeah. So I do laundry whenever I can uh, and whenever I have time. So some campgrounds offer coin laundry, so I'll do it there. If I stay in a motel, which happens on occasion, or a hotel, I'll do it there. I don't have a lot of laundry, so it's uh, pretty easy to do. And if I'm staying at somebody's house and, you know, like Haney washed my clothes in her washer-dryer at Camp Salt that was so cool. But the thing is, like, so the shirts that I have as gross as they'll, they'll get, and they will get gross because it will be several days before I wash my clothes. They don't, I, I, I wear certain fabrics that don't smell too bad for my shirts and stuff, so that's easier. My socks are another story. They smell, I'm sorry, you know, sometimes I just smell, and that's the way it, it is. The only thing that I'm really careful about are my, uh, what we call chamois, which are my cycling shorts. Um, I don't know if people know this, uh, if you're not a cyclist, but those spandex shorts that we wear, we don't wear underwear underneath them because it causes chafing and that can really hurt. Mm -hmm. So you got to be really careful when you're sitting on a bike seat all day, you got to be clean. So, um, those get washed more, whether it's in a sink or whenever I take a shower, I take my chamois into the shower with me and I'll wash them there. So they get washed more than everything else. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Another question quickly from Sarah, your number two fan, apparently. Hi, Sarah. She wants to know, is the ride harder than you thought it would be?
1: No, because I didn't know what to expect. I knew the ride would be hard because if it wasn't hard, everybody would do it. The thing about cycling, especially long-distance cycling, is... The hardest part is mental the physical part you can do because I'm not giving myself you know a short period of time to do this I'm giving myself a lot of time and so I'm not I'm not working really really hard it's just sometimes you get tired and so you have to motivate yourself and encourage yourself to keep going um, and that's been the hardest for me, but I've had a lot of practice with that, with just my cycle training over the last several years. I've had a lot of really hard rides where I had to just force myself to keep going. And so I've been prepared. So as far as this ride goes as hard as I thought it was going to be, no. Uh, I just didn't know what to expect. Hmm. I will tell you one thing. I'm surprised that I have not walked at all.
0: Really? But, yeah. Good for you. I've
1: not had to push my bike up anything. Congratulations. Uh, the only time I would have had the only time I would have had to probably do that was the Duffy, and my parents had all my gear with me nice. with them. So.
0: That's um, incredible. That's really that's quite an accomplishment. I think.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's my little wall climber of a bike here <laughs> that can
0: handle all that stuff. Um, yeah. All right, Pretty great. cool. Great. Um, yeah. And so we have two more questions. Jill gets two questions because she is our number one fan. So, okay. The first question is Have you had to repair your bike yet while on the ride? Okay. And the second question is. What do you plan on doing with all the fabulous photographs that you've taken on the ride?
1: Well, I've had to uh, deal with some flat tires. Three flat tires, I guess. Those are to be expected. My first flat was in Saskatchewan. My second flat was the very next day in Saskatchewan. (laughs) And then my third flat was in Ontario. I think that's pretty good. It's always because of the wires that are in the tires of big rigs. Right. Um, When when those tires fall off, and there are those shards everywhere, you can't see these teeny tiny little wires that are basically like staples on the road. And every single time, that's been the issue. But other than that, touch wood, no issues. Um, When I got to Sault Ste. Marie, which was basically the halfway point, there's a really cool bike shop called Velourushin. If you're a cycle tourist going through Ontario, stop there. You can camp in the back for free. They'll uh, let you know the code for the showers and the toilets, and it's a really wonderful place with wonderful people. Um, uh, so they checked out my bike. Everything was cool, um, but I had called ahead because I needed new tires. After riding you know, thousands of kilometers, uh, my back tire was just totally worn through. I actually on my last flat about a week before we got there I uh, checked out my tires like holy crap it is almost worn all the way through in a couple of places so I used tape on the inside to just try to prevent that from happening. I should have also switched my front and back tires just to help but I didn't. Anyway I replaced both tires just before anything bad could happen, because something inevitably would have. That's it. That's how it. Did,
0: how did you know to call them? How did how did you pick them to order your bike your uh, tires?
1: I knew I was going there. I knew they catered to cycle tourists.
0: So you'd heard about um, them ahead of time.
1: I'd heard I'd heard about them from blogs. Cool. And actually. Um, as far away as BC, people were like, hey, you're going to Ontario. You're going to Belarusian? I was like, you bet I am. Everybody knows about Belarusian. So, cool. Okay. Yeah.
0: And the second part of Jill, well, this Jill's second question.
1: Yes. What am I going to do with my pictures? It's a good question, Jill. Um, I don't really have any plans at the moment. I'm just focusing on my ride. People have suggested calendars. Honestly, I just need to check the resolution of the pictures because most of the ones that you guys are seeing, I've put filters and stuff on them. I've touched them up a little bit with this uh, tiny little app called uh, Instagram. What is it called? Uh, Instagram, hmm. whatever. You yeah. know, it's, it's this that. new thing. Not it's a that. new thing. Anyway, uh, so I don't know how much it compresses the images. And um, so I'm going to have to take a look when I get home, bring it up on my computer and and see what the quality is. But I could always just take the originals and touch them up again with Photoshop and, and then make something out of that. That would be cool. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I'm all ears for suggestions. If anybody has ideas.
0: And if you have those ideas, you should send them to Leah Cycling Solo Podcast at gmail.com. Well, thanks, Jill and Louie and Sarah and Vanessa and Nick for your questions. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Yes, awesome. We love it. We love that we have... Oh, you know, I should say that we have over 100 downloads at this point. Oh,
1: that's cool. How cool is that? Is it all, is it all from Jill?
0: Mostly Jill and me. But still, okay, cool. I mean, 100 is a, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, so that's like 25 <laughs> per podcast? <laughs>
0: Yep, that's about right. I'm not good at math. So. Um, okay. Yeah, no, we, I, I looked, we have this um, uh, sort of way of looking at the stats. And so people in the States, in Canada, in Israel, in Portugal, all over the world are listening. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that great? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Thanks um,
0: for listening, guys. Thanks, everybody. So I'm going to let you go. I'll get back to your okay. your uphills and your downhills.
1: Thank you. It's almost over. I mean, it is...
0: Oh, my God, it's 9 o'clock. Oh, boy. Are you close to <laughs> your final destination for the evening?
1: I I am less than five miles away.
0: Oh, you're good. Yeah. All right, well, listen, uh, I hope you have a nice big meal waiting for you when you get there.
1: Thank you. And a
0: hot shower and a warm bed. Yeah, it's all good things. All good things. And uh, Yeah. So, um, if you could do me a favor... Okay. Can you ride safe? Yeah. And can you just keep spinning?
1: Yeah, I could do that.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I'm in a bike lane right now. That's pretty, pretty awesome. I love that. Yes, me too. All
0: right, well enjoy that bike nice road. Enjoy that bike lane.
1: Thank you. Let me just tell you the sun is setting. It's almost totally down. It's put a nice little glow over everything. I am riding past farmer's fields. There's a deer in the distance Mm -hmm. looking at me. This long road with a bike lane and an old house. And then I'm like, I'm gonna hit a downhill soon, but I can see like beyond the road is the waters of Georgian Bay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's just so beautiful right now, I can't even tell you. Sounds a little magical it is and you know what they would call this magic hour so that's pretty appropriate in in the film biz
0: all right well enjoy the rest of your magic hour
1: thank you cat thank you for calling
0: sure thanks for talking
1: of course
0: all right have a good night
1: all right love you you and uh, talk to you all later
0: to learn more about leah and her journey you can go to LeaCyclingSolo.com and on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page devoted to the Leah Cycling Solo Experience. You will get updates about Leah's progress. You'll get updates when this podcast is available. And after her ride is complete, we will keep you updated on the progress of her documentary and any other ride she's doing, or any kind of fun story that we think you will enjoy that has to do with being on a bike or such and such. To learn more about Camp Celtic, in beautiful Lionshead, Head, Ontario, go to CampCeltic.ca. To learn more about Velarusian, the coolest bike shop in Sault Saint Marie, go to V-E-L-O-R-U-T-I-O-N dot C-A. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And if you have any input, we'd love to hear it. You can send emails to leahcyclingsolopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. What? Down. I am about to hit an
1: enormous down.
0: Enjoy it. We'll get and we'll come back to when you're done. God, this
1: is so pretty. Oh, I should be taking a picture. It's okay. I won't think about it. This is amazing. Georgia Bay on the horizon, I'm looking down into the valley, it's all spared, seals, and the sun is setting. This is amazing. And I'm going 30 miles an hour!
0: do you think you're gonna feel when you uh, when you dip your wheel into the Atlantic?
1: I will tell you when I'm done <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna ask those questions again because that sounds like you're in a fucking wind tunnel. Hilarious. I'm trying to be deep here, brewer.